Hi everyone. Thank you so much for tuning into In My Own Head. I am your host, Alexia, and I appreciate you guys being here again once more. It has been five months since I've dropped anything new, and honestly, it's been quite a roller coaster in the last couple of months. If you were here during my last podcast session, it was episode four discussed a lot about changes and my job, school, family, and how adjusting to change can can be difficult, but it is good for us most of the time, I, I, I really believe. And um, I was talking a lot about my job at the time. And during that recording, I recorded it at the end of March, and I was really struggling with my employment. I was going through a lot mentally, emotionally, and I didn't feel comfortable anymore working in the environment. I didn't feel safe, physically safe, mentally safe, and emotionally safe either. And I had been wanting to quit for a while, actually, for months, and I didn't do it. I was trying to make sure that I had things in order and I wanted to make sure that I made the best decision financially, I guess. But all the while knowing that I really needed to be away from the the job long ago. And I remember I dropped the podcast, I believe it was March 27th or March 28th. And I ended up quitting my job like, I think the next day or it was around the same time and I remember finishing my shift and I was just so I was so fed up and I clocked out and I text my mom and my two sisters and I was beginning to just tell them about what had happened and what was going on and my sister ended up calling me and she was telling me she was like Lex girl you need to just quit that job and not even go back don't worry about that. Your mental health is more important. Your safety is more important. And I was like, yeah, I get that. But, you know, I, I, it would be good for me to get like another two checks and then I could, you know, be done with it because I was going to put in a two week notice at the end of the week. And I believe it was Monday that I quit. And um, I was like, yeah, I'll just put the two week notice in on Friday so I could at least get like another check or two. And she convinced me otherwise. And I got home and I, you know, notified my supervisor and I was like, yeah, I'm not coming back. So and it was the best decision that I could have made for myself for this year, even though it was already March. But it was still, you know, the year was still fresh to me and I I wanted to make good decisions for myself. And I felt free. I (laughs) I'm telling you, I don't know how else to put it I felt a burden lifted off of me um that night I tried to go to sleep and I worked the overnight shift I would get to work for um 9 p.m on the weekend so this was Sunday night when I quit or no Monday morning actually that I quit so I would have been going to work for like 12 a.m so or right before 12 a.m so and uh I was like, I'm not going. Quit. And 
I was ready for bed right about nine or 10 o'clock. And I can remember, you know, talking to my mama and I was telling her, I'm like, I mean, I know it's nighttime and I should be sleeping. I had taken my bath. I, I think I had um, drank some tea and to try to calm myself because I was so used to working overnight shifts. So I was sleeping during the day for months since May of 2021 when I first started the job. So I had been used to sleeping during the day and I was like, I don't know how can I relax myself and I was like, Mom, I should be getting ready for work, but, you know, I'm about to go to sleep. And she told me, you know, that I needed this time and to try to rest. And it took me a long time to go to sleep that night. And for the rest of the week, it was difficult because I felt guilty about leaving my team or my coworkers that I worked the overnight shift. But I was like, I, I, was, I had to be more worried about myself. If that makes sense, you know, I, I'm, I've always been a person to be um, giving and would give myself for anyone, for anything. And in that time, I realized, man, I need to be caring for myself. So that week I struggled with sleeping um, and I ended up having a doctor's appointment, I think, for the next week, which would have been like the beginning of April. And I had found out some news from my new doctor about my health that it it devastated me. So in this podcast, I named it Searching because as the months went by, up until this very moment now in August I I had been going through changes but lately I, I've I found myself beginning to search for myself or remnants of the old Alexia or who I used to be and where I wanted to be and who I wanted to be or who I want to be in, in my future and in my life. And it's been quite a journey. It's been heartbreaking. It's been tiring. But in this episode, I'm I'm going to do my best to explain and to encourage those of you out there who are searching as well. So I hope that this time around, while we spend the next 30 minutes or so together, you find yourself in what I'm saying. So after I left the job and um, I had gone to the doctor, by this point it was April, and I had found out that I was pre-diabetic. And... I was shocked because if you know me or follow me on Instagram, you know that I'm really into fitness and um, I had been working out for a, a while and um, I changed my eating habits, things like that. Not completely drastic. I was still eating things that I liked, but I had changed up some things. So 
it was I mean I was just I was devastated I remember going to uh, visit my mama in Lake Charles and just for about a day or two I think I didn't have a job so I had plenty of time so I had gone to visit her and and I remember staying the night because I was tired and I remember going to bed and I was looking up symptoms of prediabetes and how to get my A1C level lower by the time I had my next appointment, which is actually coming up in September. And, um, you know, the only advice that the nurse or whoever called me that day to tell me that I was prediabetic, they just told me, um, don't eat too much fried food and stay off the sodas, which I stopped drinking sodas a long time ago. Um, and I really wasn't eating fried food. So that was it. That was all that, that they gave me. Nothing else. So I was left with that. And I was like, I mean, I, I exercise. I, I eat fairly well. I don't understand how could this happen. And <clears throat> I I didn't believe that it was genetic. And I still don't. If you're not moving or exercising or just moving your body, I, I really believe that that has a part in it. And stress and all of those things. I just... I don't know. It it was just hard for me to accept. So I tried to go to sleep. Couldn't sleep that night. I was researching and adding stuff in my iPhone notes about different foods that I could substitute from what I was already eating. Um, and I just cried myself to sleep because I'm like, I'm 26. I was 26 at the time. And I'm like, I'm 26 years old, fairly healthy. Like, you know, I thought really healthy. And I'm sitting up here as as a borderline diabetic like this <laughs> I was disgusted honestly I'm not even gonna lie to you I was angry um just sad and I began to um go running exercise a little bit at home and to be honest with y'all it lasted for about a month because I was resting and trying to get my myself back together um, pick up the pieces because I was so emotionally drained and mentally drained. I was still struggling to sleep. Um, and I just needed time to myself while I was still job searching. And I didn't, get, I didn't end up getting a job until like the end of May. And by that time I had stopped really working out. And with that job, I was working for a small law firm. And if you been listening and following my journey you know that I had been trying to get into law school for the past couple of years I started studying for my LSAT and I, I took the LSAT in April I believe yeah I took it in April and uh, it didn't go well I was denied from law school for the fall I was trying to get in for this year and literally be in law school right now for this fall and it just didn't happen uh so I was working for this small law firm um in a different city from where I lived and um I thought that it was going to be a chance and and an opportunity for me to get my foot in the door and get some experience because I was planning on going to law school in Baton Rouge so I figured, you know, working in Baton Rouge, I figured that 
it would just be better for me to be there and work there simply because I was attempting to go to school out there. And um, <laughs> safe to say that uh, that didn't work out the way that I wanted it to. It was it was quite an experience, one that I I didn't enjoy. I didn't feel good at all being there. And I was I found myself disappointed because when I had originally gotten my LSAT results back, I believe that was in in May, if I'm not mistaken, I cried. I cried. I, and I and honestly, I got the results back a few days before I had that the first interview for the job that I ended up taking. And I cried, I laid in bed, cried for a while and went about my day. But starting the job working for the firm, I I wanted, you know, a breath of fresh air. And I knew that I would study again for my LSAT and attempt to take it and in hopes of getting accepted for fall 2023. So I was okay. But as the job went on, and I was only there till like the end of July. So I was only working there for two months and three days. <laughs> so I was okay with my LSAT. But when I began working the job and at the end of May and then June came along, I mean, I struggled. I mean, I struggled and I began to have doubts within myself once it hit about a month working there I was like wow like this is a terrible experience and I began to wonder and think to myself should I even be a lawyer like am I cut out for this at all because the workload was so much and I was only one assistant with a ton of stuff to do it was just it was crazy but and I began to feel bad because my experience working there was just hor horrible and I was like Maybe I'm not supposed to be a lawyer. Maybe I'm going to just be horrible at this. And I began to just feel bad and disappointed and discouraged. And I told my mama about it. And I also talked with my therapist about it. And they encouraged me nonetheless. And made me understand that or helped me to understand that it was my experience that was causing me to feel those certain emotions. And I shouldn't allow that, that experience at, at that place to deter me from my own vision and, and what I have for my life and what I wanted, regardless of what it was. And I began to meditate with that. And I was like, you know what? I'm not going to let this destroy me. And I stayed there and I, I knew I was going to resign. It just, it wasn't for me to be there in particular and I you know I left and that was just that was the one of the second best things that I could have done for myself and all the while I was trying to get back into the master's program if y'all have been with me from the beginning I believe I mentioned that I was um, once a graduate student working on my my master's degree in criminal justice and I left that behind because I was like you know what this is not for me like I'm wasting my time but all the while deep deep down I kept having this thought of 
I was so close. You know, why, why not just finish? I owe it to myself to do that. And I gave myself an ultimatum or a choice. I, I said, all right, Alexia, if you don't get into law school this fall, you need to be sure that you can have your reappeal to be to be able to get back into the master's program. So in May, I actually contacted, you know, my professor who happened to be the department head. And I had been in contact with him for two months trying to get this reappeal for them to allow me to get back into the program to finish my degree. And I got back in right after I quit that job in July. I was sitting where I'm sitting right now in the kitchen. My mom was cooking and I got an email like at six o'clock in the evening from my department head telling me, hey, you got back in. And this was in July, the middle of July. And I was like, oh, my God. You know, and I was just I was elated. I was so happy because I knew that all of the things that I had been going through this year, it it, it just wasn't going to be for, for naught. It wasn't going to be for nothing. And I struggled. I cried so much working um, at that law firm. It was just I cried working at the other job. It was just horrible. And I thought to myself, am I ever going to be OK? You know, I, now I'm dealing with possible health problems if I don't find out find a way to to fix it to help my body my mental health is at stake I'm trying to 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 soothe myself and I was just like this is just crazy and then I begin to just feel that that sense of impending doom or loss and I was just like I'm just so tired I'm so sad I didn't know what to do. I I was like, I'm on, I'm on this journey. I'm searching for something. Like, I'm trying to find myself all over again. And not completely starting over, but continuing perhaps where I left off. And being that this, this episode is about searching, I begin to question myself and and. As you all know, I've been in therapy, of course, and for almost two years now. And I've been breaking down these these walls and my trauma, my childhood trauma. And I've, I've found out some things about myself in the last two sessions that I had just kind of buried. You know, I, I've always been somebody who who's wondered, who who's who's asked questions and always had something in mind about, well, what if or or what could be. And recently I I had applied for another job and I began to have doubts about it for financial reasons and some other things. And I it, it caused me to feel very anxious. And I ended up telling my therapist about it and I told her, I said, you know, I I, I was having these feelings about doing something regarding this job. But it made me think about something. I said, I, I'm, I've always been a person kind of afraid of, I don't want to say conflict, but of really just handling things. And I'm a person who handles her business. I'm responsible. I said, but there's something deep down inside that sometimes I just have to run away and, and retreat. And I began to explain to her 
how those emotions and those thoughts make me feel. And then she began to ask me, well, what was it like in your childhood? She began to ask me, well, were you ever the person who would get shut down in conversation or you always had something to say or maybe you wanted to share something, but you may have been shut down and, and just passed up by maybe your family members or friends or people who you thought were confidants. And I'm like, yeah. I said, yeah. I said, that's exactly what it is. I said, that's why I'm afraid to confront maybe people or confront my other feelings, whatever they might be, whether it was about a job or an interview or school, because I've just, I felt this, this sense of neglect. And I I just, I told her I didn't want to feel like that. I've been searching for a long time, trying to understand myself and the root causes of my own trauma and my hurts and my feelings. And a lot of it starts, it has to have a beginning. Everything has a beginning and an end. And I've been working on that a lot, trying to understand that it's okay to want to be happy because I told her that that's what I would like. I want to be happy. And I've been searching for things in my life that will help me to understand maybe why I felt this certain hurt or why I've misunderstood this certain thing or why I've been misunderstood or why, just why. (laughs) I've begun to have guilty feelings for not reaching a a so-called finish line when it came to certain things in my life, especially with school, that that's always been a big thing. And I'm like, am I wrong for wanting more in my life or more out of my life or just wanting to feel at peace about something? I don't think so. I I just, (laughs) it's heavy feelings. And all the while, it's like, when we're out here searching for answers, a lot of the times, like, we, we may look for those answers in a job or money or maybe a vacation or another person or an experience and we may not always find those answers because subsequently it it it's really within us I think and part of us already if we would be willing to dig deeper and that that's what I had begun to do therapy has helped a lot with it it really has I don't I don't know how else to put it. I only know what I've been through and and the traumas that I've had to endure that has shaped me as a person that maybe has crippled me into it cr- crippled me in a way that I may not know how to interact with certain people or not knowing how to respond to certain things. I would like to think there are answers out there. I don't know. I don't know how long it will take to possibly find those things, those answers or that relief 
there's one thing that I I want to end with is that a lot of times we're going to have thoughts in our heads that are negative and you think that they're coming really from you because the thoughts that you're hearing it's your voice right because you're the one that's thinking in your own mind so it's your voice so you're thinking oh well it must be coming from me that it must be real it must be the truth but it's really not I learned something yesterday in my therapy session that really resonated with me and I hope that it resonates with you and you can take it as well. So, as I said, you know, we may have these thoughts that are negative and all of that, but they're not true. Because the truth is what you've experienced. I wrote down some things on a paper in my session and she she told me, write down just words that describe who you are, what you are. And I wrote down a few words. And it was weird to write them down, but it was even more scary to say them out loud, to say that I am this, I am that. And all of those things that I wrote about myself were true. And she asked me, well, how do you know that they're true? I said, well, in my life, people have told me I've experienced it. And she was like, well, there you go. Most of the negative thoughts are really lies. <laughs> They're lies. And like I said, they only seem real because you're hearing it in your own voice. Most of the time. Now, it may be. Maybe your mom or your daddy or someone who treated you bad in your life and you're hearing their voice in your head, but couldn't possibly be true if it makes you feel so bad and you know what you've done in your life and how you've been with other people in your life. I would encourage you to do that yourself one day. Just take a paper and write down what you are. Just one word, you know, write down what you are, who you know that you are, what you know that you are. I am kind. I am funny. I am sincere. Any, any, anything. And believe that that's the truth. It helped me yesterday and I, Went home thinking about it. I always say that life is a journey. Most of us, well, all of us didn't ask to be here. <laughs> I didn't ask to be here, but here we are. The only thing that we can do is make the most of it in our search for whatever it is. Whether you're searching for the right thing to do about your job or the right thing to do about 
your relationship, the right thing to do about an issue that you're having maybe in your church or at school, whatever that it is. But knowing that there is an answer for it, we just haven't found it yet. Thank y'all so much for being here with me in this fifth episode of In My Own Head. Again, I'm your host, Lexi. See you all in the next episode.